You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. You hear a lot about how clutter causes stress and anxiety. I even have an entire blog post and video on the psychological effects of clutter. But something that doesn't get as much thought is the social impacts of clutter, how clutter impacts your relationships and other people around you. And this is worth talking about because the social effects of clutter can carry a lot of weight in our lives and overall happiness. In fact, it can damage your relationships. So let's start there. Now, I want to say before we even dive in that this isn't about bringing more shame and self-loathing to those of you who are struggling with clutter. Not at all. Um, This is about sharing an outside perspective and creating some discourse around a subject that impacts so many people. I think that when we can explain where someone else is coming from, we can start to find areas of camaraderie and compassion and compromise. So number one, clutter affects your relationships with your significant other. Now, I know this because I receive messages from people struggling with their partner bringing in clutter, saying things like, it's hard and I don't want to be overly pushy. Fighting and arguing is not my overall goal or desire. Or I even went to the extent of buying a larger TV stand so that he could display his items, but he couldn't pick. It ended up all being boxed away in storage. It's embarrassing and it looks like we haven't moved in. Or one person can't do it all alone. I can't believe I haven't snapped. Psychologist Patricia Riddell describes it as a problem of competing goals causing friction because different people have different standards and thresholds for clutter in their home. This physically expressed difference in values leads to anger, repeat arguments, and fatigue. Those who are more bothered by the clutter may feel like they're becoming a nag, like they're being pushed into this version of themselves that they don't enjoy being. They may see repeat cluttering as being disrespectful and uncaring by the other person. So not only is it a source for partner tension and arguments, but it also contributes to the financial state of the household due to things like losing items and repurchasing them, losing bills, you know, paying for upkeep on excessive belongings and storing. In fact, storage facilities alone are a billion dollar a year industry. Now, this contributes to two of the top five reasons for divorce, according to a study done by the National Library of Medicine, which were excessive arguments and financial problems. But clutter can also be a barrier to romance, literally. I mean, this is especially true if you're dating and afraid to allow your date to step foot in your home, right? Not to mention there's nothing sexy about dirty laundry or candy wrappers on the bed. But even beyond that, if your energy and your time is being absorbed into constant home upkeep, you likely have little energy or desire to spend romantic time with your partner. You don't feel sexy, so you don't want to be sexy. Of course, clutter not only affects your romantic life, it also affects your social life in general. It can be very isolating. A Rubbermaid survey collected by Russell Research said that nearly half of the homeowners wouldn't invite friends over if their home was cluttered. I mean, it's really no surprise, right? Like we tend to associate the quality of our homes with being put together. So having a well-put-together home makes us feel confident, whereas having a disaster of a space tends to bring on more shame and embarrassment. 
And this not only affects you, but it can affect others in your household too. I used to babysit for a girl who was in elementary school, and she told me that people weren't allowed in her house because there was too much stuff. So she could go to sleepovers at other girls' homes, but she could never have one herself. So I could tell that she was really embarrassed and frustrated about this, even at an early age. And even I wasn't allowed in her home. If the library closed after school before it was time to drop her off at home, we would have to find a parking lot to wait in until our parents got home. So I would say it's not just socially isolating in a physical sense, but in an emotional sense as well. A lot of people reach out to me with just such embarrassment, like their home is their deep, dark secret that nobody else could understand. It's very isolating. Along these same lines, clutter can affect your kids. If you have kids or if you have any other kids that are living with you, speaking of the story that I was just telling you about, the National Institute of Health found that kids living in severely cluttered environments often have elevated levels of distress, experiencing less happiness, and more difficulty making friends. Not just that, but research has found that these kids tend to score lower on tests of cognitive ability and self-regulatory capabilities. So they have poorer language abilities and score higher on measures of problem behaviors and learned helplessness than children raised in less chaotic environments. So let's talk about this learned helplessness. This means that they feel like they can't change the environment around them to make things better for themselves. And it means that they stop trying when things get difficult. So they tend to give up more easily. Not only that, but it makes keeping up with their own spaces more difficult. A kid who is drowning in toy clutter is going to be less able to be responsible for managing those toys. So telling them to clean their room might just be setting them up for failure for a lifelong belief that keeping clean just isn't really possible. Now, I will say that this girl that I used to babysit for was a very smart girl. She had an air of responsibility, and honestly, I was under the impression that she was the adult of the house. She took care of her younger sibling and kept me up to date on all of her school activities. So she was basically like a premature adult, which has its own drawbacks too. According to another study on school achievement for twins, children who do better at school tend to come from homes that are quieter, more organized, and have predictable routines regardless of socioeconomic status. So overall, there are really two ways to look at this when you're talking about the social effects of clutter. You've got how your clutter affects you socially, how it impacts your willingness to get out there and to make friends and to bring people over and to throw little house parties and just to socialize in general. And of course, you know, that confidence that you have in your other relationships because maybe you feel isolated with your clutter situation. Maybe you have a little bit of low self-worth or embarrassment going on behind the scenes there that's going to also affect your relationship with other people. But on the other side, on the flip side of this, you have the social effects of clutter as far as how it affects other people in your life. So we've talked about a lot of that today too. But number five, I just really want to talk about how your clutter in general affects others. Now, psychotherapist and professional organizer Cindy Glavinsky said those prone to anxiety or people with highly sensitive personality trait may have a lower threshold for messiness in their surroundings than the average person. Those who feel overwhelmed may become anxious or even depressed as a result. Now, here's the thing. I know that we don't need a study to tell us that clutter causes stress. If you do, I have a whole video on it and I will leave the card up here. But it's worth thinking about that 
tolerance difference between you and those around you. Because while you might feel totally fine or even comforted by surrounding yourself with belongings, you have to remember that other people might become anxious or depressed or overwhelmed. It can be really emotionally and mentally taxing to different kinds of people. Another consideration is what you're leaving behind for someone else, or on the flip side of that, what's being left behind for you. And I say this because one comment that I tend to get of a lot, especially on blog posts, is along the lines of, my parents left me all of this stuff and it's going to take me forever to dig through all of it. So there's also this concern of how it's going to impact other people once you're gone, you know? And if you've experienced being the person who inherited all of your parents' or grandparents' lifelong belongings, then you know what I'm talking about. It can be a big burden on the person who's receiving all of those things. And then, of course, there are larger scale concerns, and I'm not going to get into all of these larger scale concerns of clutter, like the environment and how it's impacting people on the bigger scale. If you want, you can see some of those in my video on why minimalism is so popular right now. But just keep in mind that everyone experiences their space differently and that we all value different things. So we have to be mindful of where other people are in this process, especially if you're sharing a space together. That's it for today, and I will see you next week. 